there are three common forms of hair loss in women. No matter what type you have, they aren't something you should have to suffer with. Hair Active from Primrose Leaf helps slow down hair loss and provides your hair and your scalp with proper nutrition. Join the thousands of people who are back to combing and brushing their hair again. Hair Active strengthens hair, improves texture, and increases fullness. Call Primrose Leaf today, 844-376-0007. That's 844-376-0007. Or visit us at primroseleaf.com. From New York City to Nashville and every road in between, Jenna Torres' songs tell of hope, heartache, and a life well-worn. A country rock siren who has won acclaim. As a recording artist and songwriter, Jenna finds no shortage of inspiration when it comes to matters of the heart. And she has a way of distilling her experiences into heartfelt songs of love and loss, whether drawing from personal experience or stories of those she meets along her way. And Jenna Torres has enjoyed a successful career writing songs for Warner Music Group and Warner Chapel Music. And noteworthy artists have cut songs from Jenna's pen, including singing sensation Martha Wash from The Weather Girls, for whom Jenna wrote the anthem Proud. And Jenna co-wrote the moving cry for spiritual connection, Busted Heart with Ben Glover, charting in the top 10 on the Billboard Christian Hot 100, AC and CHR charts, for the group for King and Country. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome singer, songwriter, and the country rock siren herself, Jenna Torres. Welcome to the show. <laughs> so glad to be here, Ward. Well, you, now let me ask you this because I, I'm I always, I'm more interested in a lot of people's backstories. So do you come from a musical family? I do not come from a musical family. Um, there was, a, I would say, a shortage of music in my, in my family, but there was no shortage of music in my heart and soul. I feel like I was drawn to music as, a, as medicine, really, from the time I was a very small child. Everything felt better to me with a melody attached to it. And so... I, I kind of sung my way through childhood. Um, one of the one of my earliest memories is is singing my sister to sleep, and and I did the same with my brother. And it, I was a tiny little thing, but I would just kind of attach the goings on of the day to to a melody, and I would sing her what happened during the day, and and I just always felt that magical connection between words and, and melody that if you infuse a, a, a thought or a feeling with um, with melody it, it it carries it it carries the words further and it reaches deeper into a person than just simply saying you know saying I love you and singing I love you worlds apart really <laughs> well it so. is and you know that's one reason why i i love music so much i love talking to people who are recording artists like you people who work in the music industry there's just something so powerful about yeah. music itself and and for you who are some who were some of your earliest musical influences that kind of moved you into what you wanted to do well um I think Dolly Parton, Bonnie Raitt, um, uh, I, I was really connected to some of the early kind of rock, rock bands, you know, the Eagles, Tom Petty, um, 
and also I did love musicals. <laughs> I loved a lot of me. I mean, Mary Poppins and things like that, you know, when I was a small child, um, any story set to music really just connected to me and, and made me feel alive. Um, and yeah, I just, I just, I've always enjoyed, uh, the feeling that I get from hearing a story told in song. It, it just, uh. it for me. I, I feel like song is, is the ultimate vehicle for emotion. And I'm a very emotional person. So uh, considering that I had a lot of unbridled emotion as a young person, uh, finding song was, um, was the, it was actually kind of miraculous. It gave me a place, a container to put to pour my emotions in and it sort of contain them so they they wouldn't spill out all over the place. So that's kind of how I see it. Well, what is your favorite song of all time and why? I like that question, Ward, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I don't like it because I am a lover of song and literally I could turn on the radio, uh, check my Spotify today and fall madly in love with a new song. And I, I fall in love with music every day. I hear songs and I think that's the best song I've ever heard. But if you really make me tell you what one of, I'll tell you one of my favorite songs, one of my favorite songs of all time, actually, uh, is I can't, uh, can't make you love me, which by Bonnie Lee. Um, that's, that's one of the best songs ever written, ever written. It's a perfect song in my estimation because it speaks completely honestly about an emotion that is, it's just true. It's just the truth. And when you capture the truth, you know, three chords in the truth or whatever it is, I think there's more than three chords in that song, but still there's just something about it that just penetrates, uh, the heart and, and you know, you know, when you've heard the truth in a song. And, well, and that's one of my favorites. Yeah, and that's and see one thing I love about you choosing that song is because it's very moving, it's very emotional. When Bonnie sings it, you can you literally move along with her from beginning to end of that song. And that's why music is so powerful. You know, I tell so many people you have to remember music creates memories. If something happens in our life and a song is playing, you the brain automatically puts that song to that situation, to that moment. So the yes. next time you hear it, it'll almost take you back to something that was good or maybe something not so good. But that's the power of music. And, you know, but I, I, I'm going to ask you, this is a question I've never asked anybody. And, um, and cause you mentioned Spotify, I have a Spotify account. Now, yeah. do you have a particular song on your Spotify list that you love to hear, but if somebody knew you actually listened to that song, they would kind of look at you like, really? You like that? Is there a, <laughs> do, you, do you have that secret song that you kind of listen on your own that when nobody else is around? Um, I don't know that I, I, I don't know that I have that song, that particular song that's like a embarrassing secret that you know. um, I probably like a cross section of music that a lot of my friends wouldn't like, you know, my, my daughter might 
you know, turn her nose up at. I mean, I think one of the things that I'm sure of in life is that you have to have the courage of your convictions. If you like something, go ahead and like it and don't worry about what anybody else says or thinks, just do it, just like it, love it, like it, enjoy it, let it happen, let her rip, you know? So I try as hard as it can be, cause you know, we're all self-conscious to some degree. I try to be um, transparent with what I love, because I feel like, you know, if you can love somebody, love something, you might inspire somebody else to love it. And if you can stand up for, for an, I'm particularly interested in standing up for the underdog, you know, so if I can love something that perhaps hasn't been recognized or appreciated um, by, uh, you know, other people, I, I think that's always nice to say, well, you may not like it, but I love it, you know, and uh, it may encourage other people to give something a chance. Yeah, uh, it, it does. And, you know, I have a few songs on my list that I think people would probably consider maybe considered a little sappy, but yeah, there's art in sappy. And oh, and- are you- I'm the corny queen. I, I give it to me, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll cry at a TV commercial. I'm I'm very easily moved, you know, because I yeah, and you know, because sometimes I sometimes I'll, I'll I'll listen to those what I call my little secret songs, and you're breaking them down mentally. You know, you're listening to the songwriter, you're listening to the right the the hook in the song or the, or the beat or the melody, and you're like, that's why I like this song. Everybody else may think I'm I'm crazy or for whatever liking it. But that's the thing about music. There's so many different parts to it. But for you, you know, what first led you into songwriting? Well, um, I've always loved to sing. And, uh, but I never really considered myself a, like a great singer. But what I, what I, what happened, I think, to me is that I, I had something to say. And, um, and my favorite way to say it is to sing it, <laughs> as I mentioned to you. So um, I, I, I can distinctly remember when I put my first thoughts, you know, my into a song, and how it felt to sing my song. And once I, I made that connection that um, singing my song was less about whether or not I was a good singer and just whether or not I had a story to tell. Um, it became, I wouldn't say addictive, but it became a passion that, um, it didn't matter anymore that I wasn't, you know, uh, I didn't have eight octaves to my, at my, four octaves at my disposal. It just mattered that I could carry the message and I'm, I enjoy being a message carrier because I am a natural, I have a natural appetite for communication, you know, communicating just like you, you know, we communication is, is, is nourishing for my body and soul. I just want to communicate. And I think when you have that inclination to communicate, you just find whatever way you can to get your point across. And, um, I, that's, I think that's what draws me to song as a form. It, to me, it's a perfect, like I said, perfect vehicle for my emotions. Um, I have to be concise. I have to get to the point. I have to make sure that I pare down and distill an emotion into something that is easily transmissible. And I love that challenge. I love the challenge of saying, 
get rid of all the crap, all the stuff that doesn't matter, and just really focus on the most critical, uh, meaningful, um, powerful aspect of an emotion and see how you know see how you can do it see how you can get it in there fit it right into the box and and then put wings on it and let it let it fly there are three common forms of hair loss in women no matter what type you have they aren't something you should have to suffer with hair active from primrose leaf helps slow down hair loss and provides your hair and your scalp with proper nutrition Join the thousands of people who are back to combing and brushing their hair again. Hair Active strengthens hair, improves texture, and increases fullness. Call Primrose Leaf today, 844-376-0007. That's 844-376-0007. Or visit us at primroseleaf.com. Well, that kind of brings me to my next question, because as a singer-songwriter, I've read that uh, you have said that your job description is that you sell hope. What do you mean by that? Well, that was a little, I, I, I don't love the idea of selling anything. <clears throat> so I wouldn't say that I sell hope. Um, in my own words, I would say that um, I try, I think I, I believe in living by example. Um, as a mother, I think one of the things I've learned is that kids are watching you as much as they're listening to you. And so I, I think what I do is I try to show through song and through life that um, I want to set an example of hope, but uh, even when it's hard, because I don't always have it. You know, I, I, I don't always uh, preach what I have. I preach what I want and what I believe in and what I, I'm going for. You know, I'm not the best example of a hopeful heart, but I fight for it. You know, I'm not willing to lay down or give up or anything like that. So I think that um, putting, you know, kind of uh, sharing the idea that it's worth having hope is something I'm telling myself at the same time as I'm telling other people. You know, sometimes you got to, you know how it, it's so much easier to tell somebody else it's going to be all right. You're going to be fine. It's going to be all right. You're great. You've got everything you need. And then, you know, when you're at home alone, you feel like, you know, you feel your own sense of despair and hopelessness. So I get a, I get a lot out of trying to be helpful uh, to other people and trying to offer hope. And in doing so, the benefit is that I hear my own voice saying, don't give up. Don't give up. You got to keep going. You know, so I have to live the example that i that I'm preaching basically. Yeah. And I completely agree with that. You know, and, and we're all that way. We're all that way. And all sometimes that. our life could be in complete turmoil, but yes. we're there to be, you know, the, the, the shoulder we're here to be the, the soothing voice to help someone else. And That's that kind of uh, brings up something because you have an interesting story. And I know that there was a turning point in your musical journey that came about after you wrote a series of songs just a few blocks from Ground Zero in the months after 9-11. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I am a native New Yorker. Uh, this is, I'm currently talking, speaking to you from New York City, although I spend quite a bit of my time in Nashville now, my second home that I dearly love. But um, uh, uh, 9-11 occurred. Um, I was uh, 
within a few miles of it, I saw the entire thing. I, I, I had a front row seat and um, it was a demarcation point, just not just for me, but for the entire world. Um, but in my case, it was a, it, it, it was an infusion of clarity that if my life were to go on any further, I was going to have to uh, end my marriage. So it it was an important day in in my own personal history as well as the uh, the rest of the world, you know. Because I think when you're faced with mortality and the fact that you can lose it in an instant, you have to think hard about what you want your life to look like. And um, and I did some hard looking. And uh, in an instant, everything changed, not just for me, but for everybody. And in the aftermath, I got a job working at Ground Zero, a block from where the World Trade Center stood, uh, renting apartments. Um, you know, I pretty much figured music is out of the question. Things are shifting and in turmoil in my life. Single mom, what am I going to do? I got a job in real estate. And the job was to fill up a building that had been completely abandoned by its tenants. Uh, it was 3% occupied. So 97% of the tenants fled, leaving their belongings behind. And there I was with this giant key ring, you know, uh, that I could open the door to all these apartments. I'd open the door and see people's belongings there, their flat screen TVs, pictures of their families. You know, they had just run because it was, you know, it was literally a few feet away from a gaping wound in the earth, you know, where once our towers had stood, there now was this, this profound wound. And we as a people felt the wound. And I considered it my job to kind of be part of the healing of this city, the city that I was born and raised in. And, um, and so that job was really a, a very intense and an important experience in my life. And I would meet with people every day who would take one look and either they'd run or they'd stay. You know, and they'd show me that they wanted to, you know, set up, you know, pitch their tent right over this open wound in an effort to kind of be a part of saying, you know what, we're still here. We're going to, we're going to keep going. We're going to move on. And it was extremely inspiring. The yeah. other side of the coin is that I was alone a lot, alone with the spirits of the departed, alone right there where people had lost their lives. And, um, a lot of people didn't want to come and see these apartments. So I spent a lot of time just kind of, you know, in a very contemplative uh, state. And I started bringing my guitar to work with me each day. And uh, I would just strum and think and dream. And I wrote a bunch of songs. And those songs, uh, I ended up recording them in a very simple, nothing very expensive, um, you know, kind of demo-like fashion. And those songs were heard by a very few number of people. It just happened that one of the people that heard the songs was the head of Warner Music and he liked them and he sent them around. And uh, I was passed on and you get, you get passed up and rejected a lot in this, in this, on this road. Um, I was passed on in New York. I was passed on in Nashville at the time, but the lady in that, who heard the A&R person who heard it in LA and I'll say her name, Judy Stakey, she, she heard something and she called me and she said, listen, you ever come out here, you know, I'd like to meet you. Well, it took me about a year to get out there, but, but when I got out there, I walked through her door and it was kind of a, a love at first sight type of a thing. And, um, 
and a, and a, you know a small miracle in my life happened. I mean, it was actually pretty big to me. And within meeting her, twenty four hours later, you know, there were lawyers involved, and all of a sudden, I had a deal with Warner Music, a single mom, no hope of having any kind of uh, you know blessings regarding music that I could see, and and that door opened for me. So mm -hmm. it was a huge turning point in my life because not only did I get to go to Nashville, you know, cause she's like, you got to go to Nashville, you know, on our dime, we're going to make it happen. This is what happened. And so, yeah, my whole world opened up and, um, and it hasn't, it hasn't shut back down. You know, that offered me a tremendous amount of opportunity. And I'll always be grateful for, for the things that uh, have come out of that moment. You know, I am literally, um, well, I'm blown away. I'm impressed. Um, God does mighty things. And, and I'm hearing you first, you're telling the story of trying to rent or sell these apartments that people left everything. And the way you're describing that part of it, New Yorkers had, they, they chose to either fight to stay or they chose flight. To leave. Right. And I can understand that. I mean, there's, there's no shame in that whatsoever. Okay. And, and I can't even imagine sitting there every day trying yeah. to get occupants for right. these apartments that literally were, were just feet, feet away from ground zero yes. and people full of fear never return. But then all of a sudden here you are by faith, sitting there with a guitar in hand every day, writing songs. And then yeah. one thing leads to another. And here you are writing for Warner music group and Warner chapel, which also led to you writing the, yeah. the anthem proud for the weather girls, Martha wash. How did that come about? Well, um, when I signed Warner, uh, an experience that I was brand new to me, you know, cause I was just kind of an independent indie girl, you know, doing my own thing. Nobody telling me no expectations really, because when you're independent, you, the only expectations are your own that you put on yourself. And there's a lot of pressure in corporate songwriting. You know, they have expectations that you're going to basically, you know, it connects art to commerce in mm. a way that, I wasn't, you know, that familiar. Well, so, well, hold on a second, because a lot of people don't understand how the music industry works. Yeah. Songwriting is an art. There's not a science to it. It's an art. And, an and I know some excellent songwriters, but you bring up something that most people never add to that. And that is commerce because when songs are written and when songs are written for a music group, and I don't mean a band, I'm talking about like Warner music. Yeah. There are great expectations. And the point is, is we're here to make money. So how much, I mean, is that, is that, how do you handle that kind of pressure knowing that's what they're thinking? I didn't do a very good job of it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm an artist, you know, art, we don't, there, that half of the brain is barely functioning. I mean, I just, all I want to do is make something beautiful, make something out of my emotions, you know, as far as selling it and giving it a monetary value, that's 
kind of the last thing on my mind, really, um, especially in the creative process. I think for all of us, I mean, I have so many wonderful, amazing, talented friends who make beautiful art all the time, you know, but that, that connection, the art and commerce thing is, it's a conundrum. It's a, it's an oxymoron. It's a, I don't know the words, you know, there's some word for but it. But now you've been, yeah. yeah, because you've been doing this for a while now. Has it, now you're kind of more into understanding and now you, maybe that pressure is no longer there, but now the artistic gets to truly take over. Um, what I learned from working in the corporate world and then being dropped at one point, you know, I'm no longer, I'm back to being an independent uh, artist. Um, is that no matter what the circumstances, if you are an artist, you have to remain true to yourself, regardless of how the fire breathing dragon of mm -hmm. commerce is, or the expectations of you got to make money from this. You can't just make it. It's not enough to make the art. You have to, it has to make money to be art or to be legit. Um, but that's just not the way it really, really works. But what it does, what it, what I have learned over the years is that being true to yourself is the ultimate reward. There's no amount of money that takes the place of that, even if there is an expectation. So, so the hard thing is to, to be true to yourself, you know, with the pressure of expectations still upon you. And, you know, it's a, it's a trick because the external world is pulling at you saying, be what we want you to be. But true art comes from being, yourself right of getting in touch with your true essence so it's um it's there's it's a polarity it's a it's a conflict and it's a war it's a kind of a thing like they're pulling at you and you have to remember who you are and you're pulling and you're remembering and pulling and remembering and and the, you know of course you're comparing yourself oh it didn't do as well as this or i'm not enough like that or they want this or that so you really kind of have to be able to to address that there is an external world and that you are trying to fit in on some level, but that the gold is in inside you. It's, yeah. it, it really is. And you have to be willing to mine for it and stay true to it because, because at the end of the day, at the end of the line, when you look back on what did you do and how did you, um, live your life. I think being true to yourself is the ultimate uh, success, form of success. Well, you know, what kind of feeling did you get when you had written hit songs for other people like Proud and then uh, no, Busted Heart? What's that like? Yeah, it's an amazing feeling. It, it, because as an artist, you want to reach as many people as you possibly can, you know, with your truth. You know, it's one thing to sit alone and have your truth in your living room. It's like, oh, this feels good. But it feels amazing when many people say, when sh many people share your truth and they're like, that speaks to me. And of course we live, you know, in a world where fortunately for artists, we are able to reach beyond our, transcend our zip codes and our boundaries, physical boundaries, because we do have the internet. And there's a lot of things we can do now that we weren't able to do before, you know, that does involve reaching people. And, um, you know, I, the thrill of, of a success in, you know, um, commercial terms is, fantastic, but it does end up, it doesn't keep you warm at night. You know, um, the thing that keeps you warm and feeling genuinely good about yourself is that you did it 
with the right intentions, that your intentions were good from the start. So if somebody, you know, if, if something takes off and, and there, and it, it kind of rains down this beautiful miracle on you that, oh my gosh, people are enjoying what I'm doing and they're paying for it. And, and it's paying my rent and, you know, uh, and it all kind of comes together in this more beautiful, uh, experience that feels more whole than just being, you know, having just a few people say, I love your stuff, you know? Um, yeah, that's, that's the dream. That's, that is the dream. I'm not going to say it's not the dream. It's definitely the dream. Yeah, but it's the, it's the dream. And I understand that you made, and you had already mentioned this, but you made the move to Nashville again. It's one of my favorite cities of all time. And yes. now you split time between music city and your home in New York city. But this summer, you released the title track to your upcoming album, Tennessee Heat, and described it as a love letter to Tennessee. So what does Nashville mean to you? It really means the world to me in that it represents freedom for me and on a lot of levels. Um, my family's here in New York. I'm extremely close to my family. And... Uh, uh, I feel when I'm in New York that my life is largely revolves around um, them, you know, and, and they're meeting their needs and uh, making sure that everybody else is, is happy. And I'm kind of the rock and they're the butterflies. But in Nashville, I have my wings. It's really about my creative freedom, my personal freedom, my emotional freedom, my physical freedom. There's a, it just, it means freedom to me. Nashville is freedom to me. And it also, it was the first time I ever felt so connected to an artistic community. It's a very, uh, it's a tribal town. We all understand each other. We have this baseline of understanding because artists have a tendency to be emotional, um, erratic, moody, you know, all kinds of stuff. We go, we rise and fall with uh, our latest adventure, you know, our latest efforts. And, and uh, if things are going well, we're on the up. If things are going poorly, we're on the down. And so we're all just kind of going up and down and, um, and kind of waving at each other. Hey, you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. No matter whether you're up or down, I get you. And I enjoy uh, that kind of unspoken camaraderie and um, understanding, depth of understanding that only really comes from other people who understand the, the, um, the breadth of what we go through to bring forth, you know, our hearts and souls and share them with people. You know, you're saying the same things that I'm hearing from a lot of people that I've talked to in Nashville. You know, yeah. the idea of people saying, I'm going to go to Nashville and I'm going to make it big. And so you get the you get the thought of the person stepping off the bus with a guitar case in one hand and one suitcase in the other. But what yep. I hear more than anything now from mostly singer-songwriters and a lot of songwriters is that the tight community of the songwriting community in Nashville that people can just come together and sit down and collaborate yep. and and what I love about having everybody tell me these things is that you don't hear about competition. You know, I think competition is created by the record label. And of course, when somebody reaches that A-list type of level, they'll probably be that feeling of competition with another artist and who's getting more promo than somebody else. 
but the songwriting community is so tight in Nashville, but all I've ever heard is great things. And yeah. I'm hearing that from you. Yeah, it's, it's real. It's absolutely real. And I know I'm not unique. This is something that we all feel. Um, I, absolutely. You know, competition is going to be there. I think we all, we all kind of try to support one another as best we can. And also because we have the awareness and the wisdom to know, listen, you may be hitting it big this week. But, but it's, um, there's a, what is it? There's an up and a down. There's two sides to, there's a hit, there are the hills and valleys of, um, of this creative path. And uh, you can, nobody stays up, 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 up. You know, you, eventually you have to come down to go back up again. You know, um, it, it's just the way of it. And so I think it is a tremendously supportive, loving, community it's a loving town not just for us but for you know people who visit they it is a happy place for the most part um i think just the spirit of the city is is very loving and uh and and beautiful so i'm a i'm a big big supporter and fan of nashville well how often do you perform well <clears throat> not as frequently as i'd like but uh, coming up in support of this new record, I plan to be performing quite a bit. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the, the new single, one called Prayers Up, which explores yeah. looking for support from a higher power when we find ourselves in the depths of despair. So what inspired that song? Well, you know, I, um, I do find that when people are at their lowest ebb, whether they are believers, believers or, or non-believers, we tend to ask for help. It's, uh, to me, it's, it's both a, a kind of a plea and also an acknowledgement and, uh, of how much, much pain we're, we're in, you know, I mean, unfortunately I have lived <laughs> and fortunately I have lived a, a pretty full life, um, that involves loss and heartache and, on a, on a very deep level. And one of the beautiful things about being a songwriter is that I can take my life experience and, and talk about the things that are so hard to talk about in real life um, and share it in a song in a way that uh, makes other people feel less alone, I, I hope. You know, and I know that um, prayer is to me it's just a universal language it's something that you can find in every culture in every faith and even in people who have questionable faith because i do think that you know when things are really really bad we wonder can is there anyone out there is there anything out there that can come and wrap itself around me and lift me up from the depths of despair and so um I, 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 the song came in a very beautiful way. I knew I had to sing it. I knew it had to be written. And some songs are like that. You know, um, I don't know, for those of you who are on Facebook and that sort of thing, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't find many, many people asking for prayer. You know, and so many people, I guess I was just seeing it so much, you know, sending prayers your way, prayers up, sending prayers up. And I, it just literally, I kind of heard it. The chorus came in one piece, not, haven't changed, didn't have to change a single note or word of that chorus. It just happened, you know, and I felt that um, 
yeah, I needed to sing it. And I, I want other people to um, know that they're not alone, that, that we, are, we are all in this together. You know, and you took the words right out of my mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, viewers, listeners, we are not alone. If you ever feel like you're alone, you call out to his name and he's right there. And Jenna, prayers up. What a what an amazing song. And your new album, Tennessee Heat. Where can all of my viewers and listeners buy this album? Thank you so much, Ward. It is a joy to speak with you. I really, really enjoyed it. Well, you're very welcome. And so uh, tell everybody uh, where they can find you on, on the internet. I'm easy to find. Literally, if you just put Jenna Torres in, all kinds of stuff is going to pop up. Um, but you can go to jennatorres.com and from there, it'll take you to my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter, my YouTube, which has lots of videos and more to come. And uh, I can't wait to see all of you out there somewhere and please come say hi. Um, you know, so much of the joy of doing this is knowing that you can hear me. And I really appreciate you taking the time to spend with me, Ward, and allowing me to, to speak to your viewers. Oh, you, know? you are so welcome. Well, and and <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, go to jennatorres.com. And what do I always say? We buy the music. We buy the yeah. merch. We buy the <laughs> concert tickets. So go to jennatorres.com. Buy the album Tennessee Heat. Contains the brand new single, Prayers Up. And I, and I can tell you this, the album is fantastic. But more importantly, when she comes to your area, buy the ticket, buy the t-shirt, go see her, be a part of the crowd and just have fun and enjoy because music, music always makes the memories. Hey, and I can tell you one thing, all of us know that anytime we've gone to a concert, we always remember every recording act we have ever seen in our entire life and i have seen many and remember every single one and so when you go see jenna torres in person you will remember her music so again jennatorres.com for her brand new album tennessee heat as well as the brand new powerful single prayers up and jenna thank you so much for being on the program today thank you for having me Lord. well ladies and gentlemen stick around because I'll be right back with more.